God's really been dealing with me about just the way that Elevate Faith is, is moving, the direction that we're moving in. And, and he, he took me to just one scripture. I'm just going to read one scripture this morning. I'm going to break down this scripture. And, 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 I, and I really want to talk about Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. And we see that in the New Testament just as well, Jesus quoted the prophet Isaiah in saying exactly what he is saying right here. If you would turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 61, and we're just going to do verse 1 here. And there's four things that I want to talk about this morning about the direction of the church and, and, and the vision that God has, not just for Elevate Faith, but I believe that this is a vision that God has for His church in general. I'm talking about the church, the unobstructed uh, un, un, uh, church that God has created. Uh, Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1, if you could stand with me for the reading of the Word this morning. I'm reading out of the New King James Version, so if you don't have that one, it might say something a little bit different. But this morning, God has given us direction as a body of Christ. God has given us as ministers and teachers and preachers of the gospel directions right here and how we are to reach lost people. And I, and I want to go over that because that's what we've been charged with as Elevate Faith is to win the lost people in St. Francis County. We've been charged with, with winning lost people in this city of Farmington and the surrounding areas. You know, it's not just about being an inward church, but we need to be an outward church. And in today's time, so, so many of the churches have become so inward that all they're focused on is the people that are residing with inside the church. But it is in today's time that it is so perilous that we must understand that we've got to get outside of these four walls and we've got to hit the highways and the byways teaching the word of God and preaching the word of God, preaching the, unequivalated, uh, un, uh, the unadulterated truth to those who don't understand it, who don't even know who Jesus is. We've got to teach that. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. I want to tell you something. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon Elevate Faith Church. We have seen that from day one when I stepped foot inside this church, even from when, when it, was, it was founded before. We have seen that God has had His hand upon this church. There is nothing, there is no enemy that has been able to come and travail over what God has put in place, and there is nothing that the enemy is going to be able to do. Why? Because the Spirit of God is upon us. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you know without a shadow of a doubt that this is not my word. Lord, you know that this is the things that you have been implanting in me. These are the things, the visions that you have been given me for this area. God, for the city of Farmington and for St. Francis County and the surrounding area. And God, I know that it's not just me, but it is the church people that you have been giving visions of grandeur, God, the things that you're going to do through Elevate Faith Church. And God, as we go through what is going to be our, our, our vision for this church, God, the vision that you have given me, I pray, Lord, that as I preach this word, God, that it begin to sink and take hold, God, in the hearts of those that are sitting under the sound of my voice today, God. 
come and that we heed the word of the Lord and the vision of the word of the Lord to go out and to teach and to preach and to reach those who are lost and who are bound and those who are, are who are locked up in the prison of life God and Lord we just ask God that you would move in a mighty way God hide me behind your veil God it is not me this morning God but it is you I pray right now that you cover me with an anointing power of the Holy Ghost Lord that as I bring this word it goes forth as intended in Jesus holy name amen and amen I tell you what, I, I really feel the power of the Holy Ghost this morning. I feel a strength. I feel such a strength behind this pulpit this morning. I believe that, that this is the, the word of the hour that God wants me to speak. And, and, and you know, sitting in my bed this morning, and I was, as I was thinking about what I was going to preach, I, I kept telling the Lord, Lord, you know there's going to be a, like a kind of a smaller crowd this morning. Some of our people are gone, and yet you're wanting me to start to preach about the vision that you're giving me for this church. Lord, I, I need all the people there. And he said, no, you don't. He just said, you just need to cast what I have given you this morning and you need to tell the people he said I, I guarantee you there's going to be enough in the house that are going to take hold and they're going to go out and they're going to do what you are going to tell them that they need to do and this is I, I want to tell you something this isn't just for our church but this is for every church in the United States of America and abroad that we have got to get out of these out of these four walls we have come we have come so institutionalized we have come so just where where all we do is we come into the house of God and we we say our little prayers and we, we do our little worship we listen to a sermon that might tickle our, uh, our ears just a little bit and then we go home and, and things just go on, on by the wayside. I want to tell you something. We've been charged with something this morning. God is not going to call those that he is not going to equip. Let me tell you something. God has called each and every one of you to a purpose this morning and that purpose is to go out into a lost and dying world and to preach something to somebody that doesn't know him that never has had an opportunity to know him and we have got to take that mantle up. We've got to pick it up. We've got to run with it. Hallelujah. You're going to have to bear with me because I, I'm, this is just bubbling over inside of me and God's just giving it to me. It starts out. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. We know that the, that the Lord is upon this church. We know without a shadow of a doubt, I tell you what, I, I have never seen the amount of unity and such unity in one church that I ever have here. Now, I, I've, I've gone to some little churches, I've gone to some big churches, and I've gone, I've gone to, to gigantic churches where you didn't know a single person in there. And I want to tell you something, there's something about, and, and I'm, I'm not getting on a soapbox here or anything. You know, because I do want the church to grow. But there's something about a small church of, of, of a bunch of people that you get together that you know them. Not only do you know them, but you know them personally. You know what's going on in their life. You know, what the, you know the bad things. You know the good things. And you know everything. And you pray for them. And, and, and it's like a big old prayer circle. And when we come into the house of God, all of a sudden when the worship music begins to sing, and I'm standing up here and all of a sudden I begin to look around, and all I see is hands raised all over the house. Let me tell you what, not every church has, what we have here not every church across the United States of America has the spirit of the Lord that is residing within the church not every church has the spirit of the Lord that is resounding within the people but this morning, I, I rest assured, as, as sure as I am standing here today, I know without a shadow of a doubt that God has anointed and ordained Elevate Faith Church of God for this day and this hour to be a, to be a beacon and a light in the city of Farmington in this, in the, in this county of St. Francis County. He has given us that, and he is pouring out his spirit upon us. There's evidence of it. He's manifesting his presence Every time we step into the doors, you know, when I walk into those doors, matter of fact, when I, most of the time when I pull onto the parking lot off of Highway 221, I begin to feel the presence of the Lord. 
Why? Because His presence is upon us. He says, because the Lord has anointed me. I want you to understand there's something important about this scripture here. And this should be read as every individual in this house this morning. Is that, yes, the Lord has anointed this church, but the Lord has anointed each and every one of you for a purpose, for a reason, for, for, for his glory. You know, he told the disciples that you're, you will do greater things than I, ever, than I, have, ever, that I have ever done. You're going to go on to do greater things, greater exploits. You're going to heal more people. You, you know, I mean, you're going to bring the more dead people back to life. You are going to do so many more things. He wasn't just talking about the 12 disciples either. He, he was actually being prophetic at that moment. He was being prophetic to those that are, that are sitting here under the sound of my voice this morning. He was talking to us. To us. We are anointed this morning. Point at yourself and say, I'm anointed this morning. I'm anointed this morning. God doesn't just anoint the pastor that's standing in the pulpit. Let me tell you what. And sometimes well, some churches believe that it's all about the pastor and it's all, it's all the pastor's responsibility to build the church. Well, let me tell you what. If, if it was up to me to build the church, we, we would never grow. And you might think, well, what, do you, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, let me tell you what the pastor's job is. The pastor is the shepherd. And if you look at the life of a shepherd, the shepherd tends his flock. And as the shepherd tends his flock, one of his responsibilities, we talked about this in our MIP uh, lesson yesterday. We talked about the multiplication factor. And there, there's a multiplication factor that must happen within the side of the church in order for the church to grow. And in, and in order for a flock to grow, there's a multiplication factor that has to happen. Now, the, the, the shepherd, all he does is he watches his flock. And as he watches his flock, he makes sure that he tends the, the males and the females together so that they, they procreate and they multiply. That's what, that's what a pastor's job is to do, is, is I'm to preach and teach the Word of God, and I, and, and I, and I am to, to, uh, to make sure that the flock is being fed to the Word of God so that when they are fed, then they can go out and they can be fruitful and multiply. They can go out and they can teach the very Word that's being taught from the pulpit to someone else who doesn't know God, to, to, to people who are destitute, who are, who are, are homeless and in situations that, 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 that they have no control over. But you see, we are all anointed God is not going to call you without anointing you. God is not going to call you without giving you the power of the Holy Ghost to go before you. God is not going to call you without giving you the equipment. He's given us the equipment in this Holy Bible this morning that we can go out into the highways and the byways, and as long as we have hidden this word in our heart, we can teach it and preach it. Listen. Here's four things I want to talk about generally. But the vision that God is really starting to pour into me. I've been, I've been praying over the last year, and, and, and I know the church already has vision and, and family, communities, and, and, and outreach, and evangelism, and that's, that's well. But we've got to know how to do it. And you know, Isaiah has given us charge here. Number one, he says to preach good tidings to the poor. Now, he could have said to preach good tidings to everyone. I want you to listen to me closely. He could have said... I'm going to anoint you to preach good tidings to everyone. But he didn't say that. 
because not everyone needs good tidings preached to them because they're already getting the word by themselves, their own, their own accord. But you know, there's something about being poor. Now, what does the word poor mean? The, the word poor means to be without provisions or to be without the availability to have provisions. I want to tell you something. There's provisions of the word of God. There's provisions of the presence of God. There's provisions of the atmosphere of God. There's provisions of a family of God. And those provisions all reside with inside the, the confines of the church. And I want to tell you something. There's some people that are out in this community. There's some people in the city of Farmington in St. Francis County that don't have the means to get here. Nor do they not have the means to get here, but they don't have Bibles that they can read. As a matter of fact, they've probably gone throughout their whole lives and they don't even know what the name Jesus means or who Jesus even is. And, the, and those are the people that we have got to go out and preach good tidings to. And what is tidings? Tidings is simply this. We've got to preach the good news. And the good news is this, is that Jesus gave his, gave his life on Calvary that we could be saved. So we have got to multitude of people there's over 18,000 people just with inside the city limits of Farmington Missouri I can't even are within St. Francis County there's probably a lot of them this microphone's about broke I'm gonna have to get a new one but anyway don't pay attention if I if I lose it I'm just gonna preach without it you just have to listen to me but there's so many people within St. Francis County that and and we're just a small church but God has given us a charge to preach good tidings to those who are poor who are destitute who don't have the means you know that's why God has told God tells us to feed them he tells us to clothe them he tells us to do everything that we can we've got to bring them in here and how are we going to do that we've got to get the word out Social media is a, is a great factor, is a, is a great thing, and we have our Facebook page, and, and sometimes we try to put our, our, our services online, and sometimes we absolutely forget like we did this morning, but I, I want to tell you something, social media is a great way, some, some people say social media is not that great, but, but you know what, if, if it's used in the right way, we've got to use it in the right way, but we've got to preach good tidings to the poor, preach good tidings, we've got to let them know that their circumstances can turn around we've got to let them know that there's a god that loves them we got to let them know that there's a god that that shed his blood on calvary for them we got to let them know that they don't have to live in the same stinky situation that they've been living in we have to let them know that he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted i, I want to tarry here for a little while this is th this is the one that i really wanted to to focus on a little bit this morning is because this is what prophecy has gone forth for this church is that he wants, us, he wants us to be a beacon of healing. You see, he wants Elevate Faith to have the power of healing. He wants us to have the gift of healing that the Holy Ghost gives us to heal the brokenhearted. I'm not talking about physical healing. I'm not talking about somebody with cancer that walks in the door and they get, and they get healed. I'm not talking about someone who has a broken back and they come in and they get healed. I'm not talking about just this disease and that disease. What I'm talking about is somebody that has got a broken heart. Somebody who has either been hurt by some kind of a church hurt or somebody has been hurt by, by someone that's close to them. You know, the, the, the old saying that those that are closer to you will hurt you more than anybody else that is so true even inside of the church you see there's also another saying that says that church hurting people hurt other people there are there are things that happen but God has called Elevate Faith Church today to be a beacon of light that we can heal the brokenhearted. what does that mean it means that those that are destitute those that are brokenhearted, those that, 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 that don't know how to heal themselves we've got to surround them with love we've got to show them the love of Christ we've got to show them the love that God has given us to show them you know and, and and in today's time, the time that is so hard to do. Why? Because people are so unlovable. And because sometimes the attitude of the church is, is that, well, we're going to have church with the people who are here, and we're not going to accept anybody else that comes with inside the confines. 
That's hogwash. We have to be a church that accepts everyone, no matter what race, creed, color, no matter what they smell like, no matter what they look like. It doesn't matter if they come walking through those back doors drunk as a skunk. It doesn't matter if they come walking through those back doors with a demon inside of them. It doesn't matter if they come walking through those back doors smell, uh, you know, uh, all drugged up and, and, and high as a kite. It doesn't matter if they come walking through there with a, with a pair of really small shorts and a tank top on. It doesn't matter. Yeah, do we try to, try to teach them in, in, in the future? Yes. But the first thing we need to know is is that we've got to love on them we've got to get that heart that is broken and we've got to understand what they're going through we've got to talk to them we've got to get down to their level we've got to teach them the word we've got to tell them that jesus loves them we've got to heal the brokenhearted there are so many people in saint francis county i want to say this in our mip yesterday and most of you don't know him, and I didn't even know him until we started going through MIP. But the pastor of the Hillsborough Church of God, he, he started the, the church 10 years ago. They just had their 10th anniversary, and they're, they're running about the same of what we're running, about 40 to 45 people, even after 10 years. You know, and, 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 but, the, but here's what he said. He said, you know, it's not about numbers. He, he was saying some of the very same things that I've said from this pulpit. It's not about the numbers because, because you see, he's had well over 250 people that have come through the house who have gotten saved and who have been, who have been their hearts have been changed because of, of a hurt. And they've gone back to the churches where they started from. And, they've, and, and you know, that I, I believe that we've been prophesied over. And I believe that this is a healing hospital. I believe that this is an, an, an emergency room for people who are brokenhearted, for people who have been hurt by other people, for people who have been hurt by the enemy himself you go you know it doesn't take just one uh, just a person to hurt somebody but the enemy can hurt you himself you know he can come upon you and put thoughts in in your mind he can put things upon your heart want you to do things you know that's why suicide is running so rampant upon uh, amongst uh, our teenagers and our young adults today and and in our societies is because the the enemy is putting all these things in their minds and they're brokenhearted they don't they don't have anybody that they can go to that, that can love on them and teach them the right ways but we've got to heal the brokenhearted. Why do we need to heal the brokenhearted? Because that's what God said we are to do. You know, I, if, if we read the word right, the Bible says that Jesus didn't turn any, anyone away. You know, I can remember reading all the, all the scriptures about Jesus and, and all the things that he did. And as he walked and he traveled, you know, he, he could have turned away the woman with the issue of blood. She was brokenhearted. He, he could have turned away the woman with the, uh, the, the widow woman, or not, or not the widow woman, but the, the, wo- yeah, the widow woman with the son who was dead in the funeral procession. He could have turned her away. But instead, he decided that she needed her son, and he, he turned that around. We've got to understand that there are people that are brokenhearted, and it, it is our duty, it is our responsibility. God has given us a charge today that we, uh, we have got to help to heal the brokenhearted. We've got to pray. We've got to seek God. We've got to, we've got to understand what they're going through. Why do you think we have such an eclectic group of people who have gone through certain things in their life? You know, and, and, and I'm not ashamed to say this. You know, I'm ashamed of what I, what I did, but I might be a pastor now, but I want to tell you something. In my early 20s, I was a heathen, and I was a rough heathen. I was, I was into some things that would shock you, that would literally, I mean, literally just make you say, what, uh, how in the world did you become a pastor? And let me tell you what, but there's, th- there's a reason why that I took part in some 
some of those things. There's a reason why, Brother Randy, you shared that story this morning. There's a reason why that you went through things in your life. Brother Denny there's, and Sister Donna, there's reasons why you've gone through things in your life because you can help people. There's reasons why me and my wife, all, our marriage almost got destroyed. It's because when we came here, there was a young couple that needed help, and we were able to help them, and today they are doing just great. And I want to say that I just thank God for the opportunity that he has given us to go through things so that we can pick ourselves up and we can become healers uh, in his, through his name. You know, if we hadn't gone through that, we wouldn't have known what to say to him. We wouldn't have known how to get what scripture to give to him. We wouldn't have known what books to give to him because God gives all authors words to say, you know, there's things that we can do to heal the brokenhearted. Most of us in this room were brokenhearted ourselves when we came here. Most of us were. I want to be, I'll be honest with you. Christian and I were brokenhearted when we were here. We were in limbo. We didn't understand what God was going to do with our lives next. And, and she can testify to this. The last six months that we were at the Covenant Praise Church of God in Cuba, Missouri, we just knew that there was something bigger and something better. We just, and we were just in limbo. We didn't understand what God had for us. We were brokenhearted. This, by coming to this church, you know, and allowing you to love on us, we were healed. And, in this, and by the same token, we, it's allowed us to be able to love on you. And you've been healed. And that's why God, you know, it's taken that process of the last 11 months to a year that we've, that we've been around here. It's, it's taken that process. And now we are poised and we are ready that when somebody walks to the back door and they need a healing, by golly, George, when they come in, we know that we got the power of the Holy Ghost residing inside of us because healing has happened and we can grab them by the hand. We can bring them down to an altar of grace just like the song said a while ago and we can show them the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We have to proclaim liberty to the captive. My, my. If you've never lived a life of captivity, it's a hard life. If you've ever lived a life being bound by something, pornography, alcohol, drugs, so many things hold us captive in our minds and hold us captive in our bodies. And you know, there are so many things in today's society that allows those things to creep up so quickly. You could just be looking on your phone on Facebook and all of a sudden something pop up. And then all of a sudden, if you click on it, you find yourself looking at something so totally different. That's just the enemy's way of creeping in. You know, but... But there are some people that are in St. Francis County and there are people that are in Farmington now that are living a life full of captivity. We have alcoholism is running rampant in St. Francis County. Alcoholism is running rampant everywhere. But drugs, uh, heroin is ridiculous in this area. It, it, is, it is massively uh, uh, bought and sold in this area. And we, and we hear of so many different uh, people who are, who are ODing on heroin and ODing on, di- on all these different types of drugs. They're living a life in captivity. But what God is saying to Elevate Faith Church today is that we are going to be just the same emergency room for those people as we are the brokenhearted. Those that have, that have once known Jesus that, that were brokenhearted and now they've come back. We're the same hospital for those that can't get rid of the drugs. We're the same hospital for those that can't get rid of the alcoholism. We're the same, uh, we're the same emergency room that is staffed and ready and willing to go that, that's going to heal those that, that are just drug addicted and, and, and addicted to everything. And, and they're just living a life in captivity. You see, captivity is not fun. I've been there. I've been there. I was addicted to cigarettes for a long time. 
I started at a young age. You know, I smoked off and on, and then when I got into the military, it got even worse. And I was up to three packs a day. You know, and, and that life was, was, was a life of captivity. It's just I, I, I would try to quit, and, and, and I couldn't. Why? Because it, it was just gripping a hold of me. It, was, and it, it wasn't until I finally said, you know what, Lord, you're going to have to help me through this. I laid them down, and I put them under the blood of Jesus Christ, and I said, no longer am I going to be held captive by that thing. But you see, we, we have to allow people to come into the church. And here's, I, I'm, I'm going to meddle a little bit. You're just going to have to bear with me. I'm going to meddle a little bit. But this, I want to tell you something. This church isn't like this. And, I, and I'm so glad that this church isn't like this. But I, but I can remember growing up and seeing different pastors and different ministers and different uh, preaching a certain way and teaching a certain way. I remember, I remember seeing in church when I was a young man, I was seeing people turned away because of habits and things that they had in their life. But you know what? I want to tell you something. You know, uh, so many times I've heard people say that the reason why they don't, they don't come to church, the reason why they don't serve God is because they need to get their life right first. Well, I want, I've come by to tell you something, that, that the church has taught that over the years. The church has absolutely condemned people to, do, to the point that they believe that, it's, that, that they're going to have to do something at home. They're going to have to pray at home, get themselves right, and come into church. That is the exact opposite of what God says. You see, Jesus, uh, Jesus went right up to people who were getting ready, the, the, the woman that was getting ready to be stoned. And, and he said, you, you without the first uh, 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 sin cast the first stone. You know, that's what, the way we have to be. We have to allow people to come in no matter what they're bound by, no matter what they're held captive by. We've got to give them a chance chance to get loved on by Jesus we got to give them a chance to let grace and mercy flow throughout their lives then we have to get them a chance to hear the word of God and be able to come down to an altar of grace and lay that thing down on the altar not to pick it up again you see we as a church have to understand that we cannot condemn those people for what they're doing do we have to love on them do we have do we have things in the church that we have to abide by absolutely we've got rules and regulations set by the church of God and set by God himself you know if you're going to be in leadership you have to do certain things you know but 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 you know just because they're doing something doesn't mean that we can't love on them doesn't mean that we have to not accept them and send them packing right out back the door out, out the back door because what's going to happen if a church does that those doors are going to end up closing one day why because there's not going to be any people to love on because they're not even loving on them to begin with but we have got to let let ourselves be the ones to get those people out of captivity love them teach them preach to them tell them it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you're going through, Sister Kim. No matter what life circumstances are wrapped around you, it doesn't matter. Captivity, it doesn't have to have you. Just use an example because you're sitting right there. Alcohol doesn't have to consume you. Drugs don't have to consume you. This is what we've got to teach and preach. You know, I don't believe anybody in this room is going through those situations, but I'm just preaching the Word of God and what He's given me. Because I know without a shadow of a doubt what God, is, what God has called this church to. I've seen visions, and there are other people that have seen visions. As a matter of fact, Sister uh, Misty just shared with us one that just, this not too, just about a week ago about the church being elevated on, like on a platform above Farmington. I believe that with everything within me, that Elevate Faith is going to be a beacon. Yeah, we may not have a 1,000 people coming to the church. We may never have a 1,000 people coming to the church. We may never even have a 100 people coming to the church. You know, and, and hopefully we do at some point in time. But as long as those people keep, keep walking into the doors, getting saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, getting their lives changed, laying down those things and walking back out the doors and going back to another church that can love on them just as much as we can. It's, it's not about our church. It's about the kingdom of God. 
And I don't know how many times I've said that. I'm going to keep saying it. You know, too many pastors get discouraged because their church isn't growing. You know, they're not seeing their seats filled up. Well, I want to tell you something. It's not about the church. It's not about these chairs. These chairs were made by man. What it is is about the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is not carnal, but the kingdom of God is heavenly. And it's about building the kingdom. It's about, Sister Kim, it doesn't matter how many people come here as long as I'm the pastor. What matters is that when I die or when Jesus comes back, when I'm standing at the gates of glory you're going to be there and 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 those people that have walked into those back doors and have changed their lives they're going to be standing there why because this church has been poised and set and ready and we've held we've we've allowed ourselves to be used of God to let those captivities be gone wow lord help me I don't even know how long I've been preaching I got one more and then we're going to close this thing down We've got to let the prison doors be open. The Bible says in the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Listen, you want to know how to open some prison doors? Go to the story of Paul and Silas. And I know I, I, I've preached this a lot. I, it's one of my favorite stories. I love Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas were in a, a dungeon prison something they couldn't get out of they were bounded by chains they were in darkness there are so many people in this world that listen to me when I say captivity I'm talking about things that are going on in your, in your life I'm talking about addictions but being bound up in prison is something totally different this is where we get into a different realm of life where we get into oppression and possession and I'm going to be very careful how I speak here. But there are going to be a people who are going to come through these doors. I feel the Holy Ghost. And as soon as they walk through the, those doors, we're going to recognize the enemy. We're going to recognize that there's an enemy that is trying to destroy the church. And he's going to use people. And, he, and by using people, they have become bound and are in a prison in their mind. They are in a prison in such a way that they are, uh, they are oppressed by the enemy. They are possessed by the enemy. They carry demons inside of them. You know, we look at Legion. Legion was a man who had many demons in him, and Jesus recognized that and immediately he cast him out. I want to tell you, and this is something that's not talked about a lot in the churches today because a lot of times when, when demons walk into the church, we don't want to recognize it. And we just want to send them packing, and we don't, we don't want to deal with it, you know. And obviously the person that's, that, that, that is having the possession going on, obviously at that point in time, they have to have some sort of part of them that wants that to be gone otherwise it's not going to be gone you know legion cried out legion legion wanted that to be gone and and, and so we've got to recognize those things and when we recognize those things we've got to we've got to uh, address those things and we've got to cast those things out and and, and you know I, I know this is kind of a, a weird subject to be talking about but we don't we can't be we can't be a puny church we can't be a puny church. We can't be a church that says, no, we're not going to worry about this enemy that's coming in. We're just going to let him do his little thing, and we're going to let him walk right back out the door. No, we, we recognize that, that we had that happen just a few weeks ago, and, and 
and I'm not going to say possession or, or oppression. What I'm going to say is, is that the, the enemy was present in the house. And I want to tell you something. I, I believe that it was handled in, in, a, in, a, in a very decent way. I believe that, that the enemy was so, was so focused on, on things. And all of a sudden, when we, we begin to post men at the four corners of the church and we begin to pray and we begin to anoint thresholds in the church, the enemy can't stand it. And he had to, he had to get away. But there's going to be more people like that that are going to walk through those doors. And they are bound up in a prison. And they are so held up. They are locked in chains. They are, they are down in the bottom of the pit of the dungeon. But I want to tell you something. If we do the same thing that we did that morning, and we begin, to, we begin to cry out to God, get God's attention, and we continue to worship Him, we continue to do like Paul and Silas that at the midnight hour when the enemy comes against us like a flood, we begin to worship God and begin to proclaim His praises. We begin to proclaim who He is and what He's done for us. The enemy is not going to be able to withstand the praises of an almighty God. The enemy is going to have to go, and all of a sudden those people are going to be delivered they're going to be set free of those things and all of a sudden the prison doors are going to come open and they're going to come walking right out just like Paul and Silas did and they're going to have a story to tell and then they're going to be part of the church and once they become part of the church they're going to be right into the same thing that we're doing is preaching the God's word, preaching good tidings, healing the brokenhearted, setting the captives free. I'm going to tell you something, that prison doors can be opened. They don't have to stay shut all the time. You don't have to stay behind those bars. You don't have to stay locked up into those chains. Paul and Silas, as soon as they begin to worship God, uh, that God came down and he opened up the heavens. He opened up the ground and he made the earth quake. And he, he not only did he lose Paul and Silas, but he loosed everybody. I believe that if one comes in and two comes in and three comes in if one gets it the rest of them are going to follow suit and the enemy is going to have to leave and their prison doors are going to be open hallelujah I'm going to tell you something church over the last 11 months I, I, I know we were voted in in January but we've been here since about I believe the first week of December and, and, and preaching God's word we weren't pastors yet but we, that's, we've been here since then and I want to tell you over the last 11 months God has been preparing this church. God has been healing. He has been setting the captives free. He has been loosing the bondages of sin. He has been loosening, he, he has been opening the prison doors. And now here we are at this point. And what this point tells me, because people are already coming in in those conditions, that what that's telling me is, and what God is telling me right now, and I believe this without a shadow of a doubt, I can feel the presence of the Holy Ghost on me like I've never felt it before. What I'm going to tell you this morning, church, is that we are poised, and we are ready. We are able, and we are willing to do what it takes to win the lost. We are willing to do what it takes to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, and to open those prison doors. It doesn't matter who walks through those back doors. I promise you, if they walk in... We're going to be able to handle whatever situation it is. It doesn't matter their circumstances. It doesn't matter if, you know, what they're going through. God has given us the ability. He has anointed us. His presence is upon us. Would you stand with me? Christian, come. I just wanted to share my heart with you this morning of what God's been sharing with me. And I just, I just... I just believe, I, I have enough faith in me to believe this morning that there was some confirmation in this word for, 